Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our final episode of this year, where we will be talking about our top 10 albums of the year. So, I think we already mentioned in the last episode, these are some of our favorite episodes, just kind of recapping the year. But our big episode, maybe our biggest episode of all the year, is just wrapping up what are each of our individual top 10 albums. We have not talked to each other about top 10. In fact, we're pretty guarded about top 10, I feel like, where we don't even try to hint towards it um, at all. And uh, Nate and I have similar music tastes. And then we also differ a lot. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see if our top 10s are similar or not. They're always... They're always fun, and they're usually pretty different. So this will be fun. A lot of music to narrow down to top 10. Um, So what we've also decided to do this year that's a little bit different, for each album that we share, we've given it a superlative. So best album from a band in France. I don't know. Like whatever our superlative is for that album, um, we kind of give that superlative so what we're gonna do is we'll give that superlative then we'll give the album that fits that superlative um but we're gonna quick just do some honorable mentions before we do our 10th uh song or sorry 10th album and we'll do this in reverse order so we will be doing 10 to 1 um so nate I'm just trying to jump in here because I think we got to just jump in. So, Nate, can you give us your honorable mentions and then your 10th album, its superlative, and what that album is? Yeah. So, Andrew, you went with six uh, uh, honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. So, I just copied you and went with six. Perfect. Uh, Going from, I basically have these ordered. Currently, and so I'm just going to go from 16 to 11, basically, and then hit you with 10. So I have All Get Out, Kodak, mm-hmm. Steve Lacey's Gemini Rights, Biba Doobie's Beatopia, mm-hmm. uh, Wise Bloods, And in the Darkness, Hearts Aglow, Ray's Green, and New, L- New Lift. I'm sorry. I like... Even like practice the name. I'm just so freaking tired. Yeah. Uh, Nilifer Yanya with uh, Painless. Um, and my 10th album on my list uh, has wins the category for best atmospheric album. Mm. And that is Holy Fawn with Dimensional Bleed. Yeah. Um, I'm, this is where like, Going back to my uh, my uh, honorable mentions, there might be one artist in there you have on your list, but in my top ten, there's definitely like a lot more where I'm like curious. Yeah. So Holy Fawn is one of those artists. I'm very curious to see whether they're on your list or not. Yes. But Dimensional Bleed was definitely a step down from their debut for me, which is why it's number 10. If it was as good as their debut, it'd probably be number one on my list this year. 
Um, but it's such a good record. And we talked a lot about it on, uh, one, on our episode on the album. And so I don't want to dive too deep into my thoughts, yeah. but just overall, what I like about this album is it's very focused and very, uh, just textured atmospheric. Yep. It knows what it wants to do and it accomplishes it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, really great record. Love it a lot. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Um, well, I'll give my, um, yeah. Oh I'll, yeah. I'll copy you, but I just will to, just quick mention, um, especially like, I mean, we don't always have to say like, this is on my list or not. Um, but I will say that is not on my list or honorable right. mentions. There we go. But I love it. I love that album. The thing that I'll say, I think you and me view 2022 differently in the sense that I view this as a very strong year for music, and I'm not sure that you view it quite as strong. So for me, like my my top 20, basically I have 10, 15 albums that I feel like are worthy of that 10 spot. Now I will say there weren't maybe... Maybe I view it as a more consistent year um, in the sense that I think there's a lot of consistently good to great albums and only a few that stand out. So there's not 10 standout albums, so it was so hard to narrow down because a lot of them I view somewhat similarly. And if you were making me rank them or um, give like 1 out of 10, where would you rank this album? I'd probably rank a lot of them at like 7s and 8s. And it's just really hard. So um, that's how I feel about Holy Fawn. Great album. Really sad that it's not my top ten. But, hey, <laughs> we've talked about this before. Not every album can make the top ten. That's the whole point. So um, so for me, my honorable mentions, this is not quite in order, but it's not that far off. Um, but I'll just say these six. So Pine Groves, eleven eleven, which, hey... They get an honorable mention. For me, this is a big deal. Having Pine Grove kind of anywhere near my top 10 does not usually happen. So I think that shows um, how far I'm starting to enjoy Pine Grove and uh, and how good I think that album is. So Pine Grove 11.11, Memphis Mayfire's Remade Mystery, Harry Styles' Harry's House, Muse's Will of the People, which... That's one of Muse's best albums in a long time, and it still didn't make my top ten, which shows how how um, how tough it is. Um, Broods, Space Island, and Soccer Mommies, uh, Sometimes Forever. So those are all the honorable mentions. For my tenth album for this year, it has the superlative of Best Genre Influencing Album. Nate might be able to guess what this is by that, but... It is Bartice Strange's album, Farm to Table. I think what that album does, not only is it an enjoyable listen, I always just like, I don't know. There's so much in that album that I'm going to be in the mood for some part of that album at some point. Hearing, and we talked about this on our Bartice Strange episode, you don't get a lot of black singers in indie music. So hearing his voice with an indie style is just something that's so unique and feels like it's pushing the boundaries of indie in a very positive way and feels like 
who were talking about artists that mentioned him as an influence um, for them in indie music. Um, I feel like this album solidifies his place in indie and also solidifies what he's here to do. It's not just like, I'm here to be a guy in indie. It's like, I'm here to like really make some, make some heck here and, uh, and yeah, change, change what indies usually sounded like. So I think it's a great album. Um, and that is why it's my number 10. So Nate, what is your number nine album? So I have, I have to explain this one a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so this one I have labeled as my best friend album and Uh, it's Valley hearts heal my head. I, I have such a hard time. So, okay. Just to give some background, there's some of you that might be new. Some of you that are not new and are sick of hearing me talk about Valley heart. But, um, my friend Kevin is in Valley heart and is the like kind of lead songwriter. And, I don't put Valley Heart stuff in my top, my personal like top and top of the year stuff Mm -hmm. because it's hard not to be biased. And so this placement is as non-biased as I can be. And when I think about it, it's really crazy that like this record is so good that it's, making my top 10 when I'm really trying not to be like show any type of favoritism. Um, It's genuinely that good. Like if I didn't know Kevin, it would be my ninth on my list. At least that's what I'm trying to do. I actually think, and this might be my perspective, knowing you and knowing how intentional you are about not showing favoritism to Valley Heart. I think if you didn't know Kevin, it'd be higher than nine. That's just my perspective. Just and that's because the thing. I feel it might like be. you almost you almost go so far to like bump it down to like that where like you're taking full like I'm not able to freak out about this album if I'm not like best friends with Kevin. But like you'd probably be freaking out about their music as just like a fan anyway. I feel like it, I think it could even be higher than nine for you but i don't know i have not heard your eight to one to know that yet (laughs) but it's a great choice yeah and what is complicated about it too is like the reason why i like it so much it's it's like kind of it's like nuance where it's like it's not simply oh my friend made this Mm -hmm. but it's the fact that him and i listened to a lot of the same music obviously there's a lot of different stuff we listen to as well but like with us listening to a lot of the same stuff we're influenced by the same stuff and so for him to make something that i love makes a ton of sense yes because it's like of course i'd love it with us sharing so many of the same influences as music listeners but what i do want to laud uh with this record is i think the band does such a great job at mixing so many different styles and sounds Mm -hmm. into a cohesive record um, where I really liked their debut and it wasn't one note or one tone. Like the debut Mm -hmm. also was diverse, but generally speaking, I think the debut, the debut had kind of its lane 
where I feel like this album really shows their range and ability to go in all these different directions and yet yeah. make it all work. And yep. so, great record. Yep. All right. So for me, uh, my ninth favorite album this year um, wins the award for best sad album. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's S. Carey's Break Me Open. Um it's a really great album. It is not, in my opinion, quite at the level that 100 Acres was. But it is still, for me, very worthy of a top 10 spot. I think S. Carey um, crushes it. He does something really, uh, really different with this. I was having trouble with the superlative, so it's actually more of a joke than, than a true award. But um, um, but it is. It is a heavy, dark album. Um, and I think 100 Acres is the opposite of that. Um, for me, so I think 100 Acres I listen to when I want to feel happier. Um, Break Me Open is the album that I would gravitate towards if I just want something like, man, I just want to like feel something. <laughs> like, it's such a good album. I think he he pours his heart and soul into that album, and um, I think with that album just solidifies he's one of my favorite artists, uh, right now, and he's one of the better indie artists as well in my personal opinion. So Nate, what is your eighth favorite album of the year? Yeah, so for winning best nostalgic album, I have do you have do you have a I'm hoping that's a clue. Do you have a guess yeah. on what this okay. is? It's fun well I, I there's two meanings slightly different um for best nostalgic here. I kind of have two guesses and I'm a little afraid um I don't, I don't know if this is top 10 for you, either one of those. Is it a metal album? Nope. Okay, then both of my guesses are out. Okay, so it's Pedro the Lion's uh, Havasu. Yeah, that's it. And that's good. the double meaning is the fact that it's a record about his childhood. And so there is this nostalgia in terms of him writing about yeah. um, a time when he was younger. Though, to be fair, there's not a lot of happy, nostalgic moments on the record. But what... I might have said this when we talked about the album, but it's just it still sits with me so strongly. Mm-hmm. Bazan's voice just matters mm-hmm. so much to me. Yep. Um, it's like John Foreman back in the day, where... Just hearing his voice is special. And so this record is really good. I think side B of this album, the second half of this album, is incredible. Um, And I think it's a step up from Phoenix, personally, the record as a whole. Um, And I'm so excited to see where this anthology goes. But I'm just so thankful to have another Pedro record and to continue to hear his voice. Yeah. And real quick, I'll just mention, I'm trying to not do this with every album, but um, that album is not on my top 10. It was my 16th uh, <laughs> year, but then I actually bumped it out because I was like, oh, I only want to do five superlative or uh, five honorable mentions. And then um, realized that Pine Grove came out this year somehow in my mind 11 11 well it was a so January release January. and actually had, so was Havasu they were yes, both really early yes. um, but somehow I remembered Pedro forgot Pine Grove so once I realized Pine Grove I was like shoot I was like I gotta add it um, 
But that being said, I probably still prefer Phoenix more just between those two. So we. But it's it's not surprising. I think um, Phoenix is a rock, like it's a rock record. Yeah, and, and that, you know what that I mean. It's me a little bit more than you probably. Um, and but this is way, still rock, but it's yeah. much softer. Either way, that album is very worthy of a top ten spot. That's where I basically all my honorable mentions could have fit in my eight, nine, ten spots. Like I probably yeah. like them about all the same. But uh, yeah, hard decisions. Yeah, great choice though. Great choice. Um, so Andrew, what's your number eight? So the reason I was reacting was I actually have um, the word nostalgic in this uh, <laughs> in this award, but this album wins the award for best nostalgic brand new album. Now, mm. not the band brand new, but um, it is the album "Rogue Carpet Disaster" by oh, Static yeah. Dress. That makes sense. It makes sense because the whole album feels like a nostalgia pool from a band who is releasing their first album. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just sounds so much like that um, early, mid-2000s uh, rock, emo, metal. Um, I think that is such a good album. Like, Nate, Nate knew for sure when he suggested it. Like, he knew I'd like it. Um, and he was right. It is uh, my eighth favorite album of this year. Um, I listen to the album a ton. In fact, on this top ten, it's probably up there in total listens for me. I just I love that album. So, um, yeah. All right, Nate, what is your seventh favorite album? So, this is uh, my category of best lyrical album. Mm. And it goes to Alex G., with God Save the Animals. Alex G, uh, uh, just a little bit of backstory. I first heard of Alex G when I saw him when he was under the moniker of Sandy Alex G for, he opened for Fleet Foxes. Oh. Um, and oh. it's kind of cr- crazy when <laughs> you think about that. Yeah. Um, but he is uh, still... Despite opening up for Fleet Foxes, he's still this like really indie artist, not extremely well known, but I think this album is like kind of blowing him up a bit. Um, He's always been like that indie darling, but I think he's really getting like much more like mainstream uh, credit for this release. And it's been my latest addition, this Mm. record, to my list. I added this to my list today. Wow. And so it's because it's a record that I had put off listening to mm-hmm. thoroughly yep. until this week, basically, where I was like, okay, shoot, I got to prep for my list. Yeah. What records have I like not given enough of a chance? Yes. And this was one of those records that friends who I've talked to are like, hey, I love it. And I'm like, it's kind of weird. There's a few songs I like, but it's just a little too weird for me. Mm-hmm. And I kept listening and kept listening. And all of a sudden, as as it happens, I just mm-hmm. had this moment where it clicked. Yeah. And it was actually today where it like fully clicked. Yeah. And especially just like making sense of the lyrics as a, as a whole. I'm just like in love with these lyrics. Yep. I think uh, 
just incredible. And this album, another thing about it too is this timing. He does mm. such weird things with timing. And yeah. Andrew, I think if you were, I don't know if you've listened to it or not, but if you did listen to it, I think you'd be fascinated by his yeah. use of timing in the record. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. And I feel like this happens every year in top 10 where I get a couple albums that are in your top 10 that I haven't listened to at all. And that's my homework for the next few weeks is like, okay, I got some new music to listen to. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to listen to that. All right. So what's your seventh? So my seventh album wins the category of best debut album. And it is the album How It Ends by Toledo. Um, this album is so good and we just had an episode on it, so I'm not going to talk much about it, but, um, it's just, it's basically this mesh of all my favorite artists in indie in one band. Like, I feel like they, they have such a defined style. They feel so, um, seasoned. For this being their first full length and I just think it's such a good album so I, I'm excited to see where they go uh, from here but that is my seventh album alright Nate what is your sixth favorite album so when we talked about doing these categories if you were to ask me to predict a category I would never have in a list like this it's my next category and it's best SoundCloud album <laughs> and it's not a SoundCloud rapper um, yeah. but it's the album Canopsia by the artist Quanic Quanic with mm. three N's and this record is just like it's crazy that it exists it's this really young kid like i still think he's a teenager and he's making this like glitch rock that sounds like early 2000s like radio stadium rock combined with like really glitchy production and it just all works together so well. But I think his songwriting is actually phenomenal on this. It's not just a gimmick that he's doing. And I think it's the weirdest find on my list. Um, and one of probably the least known records. Yeah. On my list, it's probably the least known album. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Yep. What about you, Andrew? What's your sixth category? Yeah. Um, so... My sixth wins the category for best metal album is the album Voyeurist by Under Oath. I think this album is extremely cohesive. I like every single song a ton. I think it is the best that Aaron and Spencer have ever sounded together on an album, which is really hard to say because they've had some albums where they're really cohesive, but this feels like they just figured out how to actually work together the most um, on this. I think the songwriting is extremely strong. I think the lyric writing is, as usual, I think Spencer's a great lyricist. Um really strong and solidifies under oath as still capable of writing bangers. Um, 
and to me it's it's just I like to race me. I probably like to race me more than a lot of other people did. But this is like far and away better than the race me for me at least. Um, so I think it's a great album and uh, my uh, yeah best metal album of the year. So all right, Nate, how about your fifth album? So this is where my best comeback album uh, comes into play. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is Henry Jameson's The Years. Yeah. So The Wilds by Henry Jameson was one of my favorite albums of 2017. And he really opened up how a singer-songwriter could use production um, in really cool ways. And... I've always really admired his poetry and his songwriting. He's an yeah. incredible lyricist. Yes, he is. And I felt like his album before this, it's not that I didn't like the ideas he was saying. Yeah. It was just felt so preachy and almost like he was talking at you versus singing songs. Yeah. And this album and his first record feel like they're songs. And yes. so... Uh, he still definitely shares messages and gives ideas, yes. but it's just done in a lot more of a, a digestible way. Yep. And I think this album is really, really solid. Yes, so smooth, some incredible tracks. And yep. I'm just so happy because I love when you're able to like, reunite with that band or artist that you thought you've separated from and it's just Mm -hmm. such a beautiful experience and so this album grew on me so much i didn't even know it came out when it came out at the time and so i discovered it a little bit late but so happy i found it yep all right um so for me my fifth favorite album of this year won the um, category of best songwriting on an album and it's this artist named Henry Jameson with his Mm. album The Years which I'm not sure this has happened very often that we actually I don't think this this has ever happened Um, so we both think it's the fifth best album of 2022 (laughs) and he he's I mean if we we compared this to kind of the Grammys uh, before about uh kind of which categories they're winning henry jameson's starting to clean up because he won two categories yeah uh, best comeback and uh and best songwriting on an album so and best songwriting uh, that's a that's a pretty big uh category I think, so Andrew. i was trying to find a good superlative for this album and i wanted to do like singer songwriter but that felt too like to me that's not that competitive um, mm. Like, like there's there's some good singer-songwriters, but I've probably listened to, like, three or four singer, like, true singer-songwriter albums. Yeah. Year. So it's like, yay, you're one of the best of three or four. But when I think about this album, I really do think about his songwriting. Definitely. I feel like every song is, like, as good as it possibly can be. Um, to be fair, this at five, I wouldn't have foreseen that actually being this low for me. When I first listened to it, it felt like it was going to be one or two. Um, so not that it's gotten worse, but again, it's just, it is so hard to rank these things, but it is such a good album. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I have that here as my fifth, which is fun. I like that we tied here. Um, 
both on this. So, all right, um, let's see. Nate, what is your fourth favorite album this year? Well, I have a guarantee we will not match up yeah. for this one. I also have and, a guarantee for mine. But you know what's funny? My category is best songwriting album. <laughs> that is so funny. And it's Big Thief with Dragon, New Warm Mountain, mm-hmm. I Believe in You. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, so Big Thief... In terms of, like, I brought up Alex G as, like, an indie darling. Uh, Big Thief as a band is, like, they're, like, the indie band, I would say, of the past, like, four or five years. Mm. Um, Especially if we're talking about folk. Like, they're it. Now, I've always found them to be a little too weird for me. Yeah. And I've found it hard to get into them. But... I was in Virginia for a wedding of my wife's friend, and this came out recently before then. And just being in more of the country, the the uh, wedding venue was on this farm in like the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so like driving through the country and like feeling the folk like just like setting. just like helped really connect the album for me and everything that felt weird all of a sudden felt unique and creative and what's crazy is this record i don't know how many songs it is but i think it's like 20 songs and that is crazy there's only like one other album that long that i like which is men i trust uncle jazz and this record it's just filled with incredible songwriting you click click shuffle and bam there's an incredible song there um and if you're able to get over the weirdness um there's just so much there and if you're able to embrace the weirdness i think would probably be a better way of saying it so yeah andrew what's your fourth category well before i say that i'll just mention real quick i was like um i guess because we both created our own superlatives I didn't even think about the fact that we could technically have two different albums winning the same superlative. Yeah. Um, so, uh, hey, we'll roll with it. Um, people might get mad at it, but, you know. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going to be pissed. <laughs> so I don't know how we'll recover. So this was my, uh, maybe my hardest superlative <laughs> to pick, which, to be fair, I think it was a hard one for you as well. So my best new tooth and nail album mm. is Valley Hearts Heal My Head. Um so I have it up at four, you had it at nine, right? Yep. Um so that's where I knew we weren't gonna be the same on four here because you already had it. Um I I think I've taken the idea of I can be totally biased because you introduced me to Kevin. It's not like I grew up to Kevin or with Kevin and uh, mm-hmm. and I do consider him a friend now, but I also feel like I'll just be biased. I think uh, now I still I try to not be overly biased because then it might just be a one. But like I think it is. I think everything Valley Heart puts out, I'm a sucker for to be fair. But I think this is probably their most impressive album. Whether it's my favorite, I'm still trying to figure out. But 
I think it's just so impressive how they meld all their styles together. Everything you said about this album uh, hit the nail on the head. Music videos are great. We already talked about them uh, for music videos, but um, but just so many parts of this album are unique and awesome, and they blend so many different styles, and yet it is so Valley Heart. Like, if you've listened to Valley Heart since the inception of the band, you listen to this album, and you should, at the core, be able to go, yep, Valley Heart. Like, same same Valley Heart. Even though the the decorations are a little bit different, or what have you, The what did they say? The window dressing's a little bit different. Um, same Valley Heart, and still super solid. So, it's my fourth. How about you, Nate? What is your third favorite album of the year? So, with best sophomore album... I have Daywave with yes. uh, Past Life. Yep. Uh, this album is just so catchy. Yeah. It's definitely one that grew on me a lot when it first came out. Well, there's it almost when I thought about it, it almost made my best comeback album, even though it's a sophomore album and I love the debut. And the reason why is he released an EP in between these albums, and no joke, I really do not like it. Like, I almost just said I hate it. I don't want to be that strong, but I do not like it. Like, the decisions, some of the decisions he made just, like, did not make sense to me. And so when we got to this album, I was kind of nervous. And the first few times listening through, because it's so simple for the most part, yeah. it becomes difficult to find like these distinctives or to like make sense of the record the first yeah. time, few times few. But once it clicks and you're able to like track and notice all the details, yep. I mean, it's just an incredible record. And I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up like even going higher on my list as the years go on. Yeah. But I just love this album. Yep. So what's your second, or sorry, your third uh, yes. category? Yes. So mine uh, winning the category of best dual vocalist album, which is really hard uh, <laughs> to beat out under oath because I already pointed that out, is the album Color Decay by The Devil Wears Prada. So I have two metal albums on this, but my main takeaway with this album, not only do I think it's some of the best melodies and cadences that they've ever had as a band, um, it's their catchiest album, yet I find it to be just one of their best albums all time. I think the songwriting is super strong. I think the guitars are interesting. I think the drums, the synths, like everything that's put together on this album works so well. My favorite thing that Devil Wars Prada does is you can never point to two albums in a row that you're like, they did the same thing. Um, there, they are always evolving and changing, and it feels like now, more so than ever, they put out Zombie EP last year. That was probably the closest to old stuff that they'd had, but it was just heavy and barely any singing. Like it was just so heavy. And this is like mostly singing. There's very little screaming on this album. The songs that have the most screaming were ones that were released over the last two, three years that they put on this album, like Watchtower and, and, uh, and, uh, I'm totally blanking on the one other, um, say no, but that's not the one. Um, but yeah, um, it's such a good, sorry, what were you going to say? Or, so Sacrifice? Yes. 
Sacrifice came was out. Was that before. what you were thinking of? Yep, yep. Um, the song Cancer is probably one of the most tear-jerking songs I've heard all year. It is so sad, um, but I think super powerful. I just think it's an incredible album, and I never would have guessed Devil Wars Prada being up there for me, especially top three, but I think it's an incredible album, so pretty sure it's not on your top 10 but it's up there for me so who uh, knows we'll see we'll see all right we got two more uh let's do it nate what is your second favorite album of the year all right i have a copy of a uh superlative with the best debut album i have a copy of one of your lists toledo how it ends there you go um an aside they're actually doing a hometown show up in mass and they're doing the show playing the full record at the place where they recorded the album oh my gosh and so i have tickets it's actually this sunday thanks and for the so invite. no yeah I'm i did sorry. not invite i'm sorry you. i was just gonna make, uh, make my my wife and i are going and nice. we're really we're really Dude. excited you should be and so I think it's at this like old church. I think they recorded it there. And I so I didn't realize they're from Mass. Sorry, just to Yeah, they're from you. North no Northeast. Okay. So it's like Newburyport area. Okay. Um and yeah, I think it's just gonna be such a unique and incredible experience. Yes. And a lot of it has to do with it being such a great record. Um I, I think you said a lot of stuff. We we talked a lot on the most recent podcast episode about it mm-hmm. for our, our final uh, album review or conversation. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this is we we've been talking a lot, or at least I've been recognizing a lot, and you as well about like our genre tendencies. Like clearly, you are listening to a heavy dose of heavy and Mm -hmm. indie stuff and kind of balanced. I think I'm listening almost like exclusively to indie. Yep. um, And different variations of that, but still just like not as well-known music. Um, And Toledo is one of those bands that easily could like, phone it in and just like get by on aesthetic because they have the aesthetic yes they they have the skills they have the artistry to just like make thoughtless songs that get popular and get spotify plays but this album is extremely personal honest um the songwriting is very strong and for them to do this on a debut, I know they've released an EP before this, but um, I think it's just extremely impressive, uh-huh. and I have very high expectations for them yeah. moving forward. Um, yep. Just super impressed by this yeah. record. Yep. Yep. So, what's your uh, second? Yeah. Uh, uh, superlative. Yep. So, winning the category of best feel good album is Daywave with the album Past Life. So your three is my two. Um, We're nice and close again, almost exact. Um, But for all the reasons you just said, um, I do, the reason I gave it the superlative of Feel Good, I feel like that is one of the albums, definitely when I look at my top ten, that I go, I'm kind of always in the mood for it. Like, 
it's always just like super fun. Um, it's, I don't know, like simplistic in the sense of like, it doesn't feel like it takes a ton from you, the listener to engage with the album, but it's complicated enough that if you want to engage in an album, there's always another layer of something you can uncover. It feels like with it. Um, songwriting excellent cadences excellent um vocals excellent like there's just so much on that album that makes it an incredible album um yeah when i listened to this i thought it was probably my favorite album on the year it only went to two uh here there was an album released after it that that jumped it just a little bit but um but incredible album um so Echo mostly what Nate said and add just a tiny bit. All right. So we did decide to do the exact same category for our final album. And so the final category is album of the year because it has to be, you know? So, Nate, what is your album of the year? Okay. So before I share, and I know, Mm -hmm. I think we've moved through this much quicker than the other one, even if it ends up being the same amount of time because (laughs) it feels a bit more substantive, but I want to, I want to kind of milk this out because I think it's very interesting deal. Do you think you know what my album is? This actually is like a weird exercise and how much was I paying attention? Only because <laughs> only because I feel like I was taking like each one one by one and just thinking about that, but I wasn't thinking about what albums are not there. So can I like throw out some albums that I would expect to see but haven't? Sure. Um so Pine Grove would usually be up there. Um for you. Um Let's see. Any others? S. Carey. I don't think it's your favorite, though. But S. Carey usually, and I'm just saying 100 Acres, would have been mentioned somewhere along the way. Um, what are some other albums that I've deleted or stuff? Um, those are like two of the ones that I'm thinking um, off the top of my head here. But, um, but yeah, those usually would kind of show up by now and aren't here so i have your i had your top album down to two options Mm -hmm. in my mind Mm -hmm. and based on what you just shared i've narrowed it down to one I, i know i know what your top album is at least i'd bet a lot of money and if i'm wrong i'll take the pie on my face you're you're probably but, right. It feels predictable, but so the reason why I'm confident is because you didn't mention this as a possibility. Yeah, as as mine, which means it's definitely not yours. Yeah, and it's the album Blue Rev by the band Always. Yeah, uh, this is definitely the album that if I'm like doing my best to be objective. I think it's the best album I've listened to this year, but that's not yep. why it's number one for me. Yep. It's just because it's consistent hit after hit, great song after great song. They really only do like three or four different types of songs on the album, yep. 
But there's like all these different variations and the the lyrics are really thoughtful and earnest and honest. And I just love this album. When we talked about it on our album review or album conversation, I talked about I think it's the best produced album of the year. Um, And that's not one of my categories because it would be always. And honestly, it's probably my favorite album artwork as well. I just didn't want to hint towards it. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to kind of keep it shrouded in mystery. And so I just can't say enough good stuff about this album. And... I've only learned more about it since our episode. Um, And I just want to take like a minute and just share some stuff, Andrew. Yeah. Did you know that they had all the demos for the album basically set and the uh, main singer and songwriter, her computer was stolen. Whoa. And so they lost all their demos. Oh, that's so bad. and so rather than being able to go to the studio and be like, hey, I really want to make sure we get this just like we have it here, it became kind of um, uh, hard to pin down exactly what they had gone for. And so their producer pushed them to basically record the record live. And that's what they did. They did like, wow. I think they did like five takes or something like that of the record and through those five takes, that's the album. Wow. And as a full band. And so it just like only becomes like that's more impressive. and more impressive. Like yeah. how, cause the production is insane to me, yes. how just like together it sounds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just like absolutely in love with this album. Yes. Um, so Andrew, should I guess, or should I just like let you share? Cause I think we know, but we know. Do you just want to share? I'll, I'll share. I don't. I don't want to. I feel bad stealing your thunder with how confident I am. Sure, sure. So, it's not always. If that's what you thought, so I'm gonna throw that out. <laughs> no, but um, I'll, I'll just mention about your favorite. That album is so good. It's just really new for me, and not saying that there's not newer albums here, um, but. That album still needs some more time for me to keep listening and growing for it to be in this uh, conversation. But um, it was in my top 30, which I know doesn't seem that <laughs> impressive, but like it is still. Um, so it's a great album. I think it's very like likely that next year I'll look back and, and be kicking myself that I didn't have always in here. But, um, but right now it just feels a little too soon. Uh, to kick out albums that I know better and feel more comfortable having here. So, all right. So, for my album of the year, it is the album Dark Sun by Dayseeker. Yeah, knew it. That's what you knew. I was pretty sure you knew it, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share it. So, um, Dayseeker, uh, for those of you who listened a couple years ago, I would have had their last album in my top three or four. It was somewhere around there, three or four. Um, they are fast becoming just one of my favorite bands. Um, Nate knows I'm a huge fan of them. They're basically at this point now that I genuinely don't think that with the style that they're doing now, because like their metal wasn't, it was fine. But they're doing this just like 
sad boy rock. I don't know what to call it, but um, but whatever they're doing, whatever their style is, it works for me. Every single song that they put out, I'm like, this is incredible. And what's weird is it's not like it's like, oh my gosh, this is like they're doing something I've never heard them do. Sometimes they're doing very similar stuff to what they've done before. Like, especially I would say vocally, sometimes it's like, oh, I've definitely like it's almost a little predictable. Like, I I know exactly how he's going to hit that note. That being said, it gets me every time. It does not matter if I if I feel like I kind of know where they're going with stuff. What's cool. There are some moments on this album for sure that it's like, oh, I did not expect that. But even the predictable parts, if you will, on the album are so well written, so well produced. His voice is incredible. Rory's like one of my favorite vocalists right now, especially for rock. He knows exactly where his voice in a certain range starts to break up. And so he'll do like maybe a first chorus where he'll hit it falsetto. And then the second chorus, he'll go for it and hit it with his big raspy voice. Like it's just, I think it's an incredible album. I think it's their best album to date, but it's definitely, basically their last two albums are the only ones that really sound like this. Um, And they have, I don't know, just song after song. Now, literally only album after album for me, just really these last two albums, uh, prove that I don't think they can write a bad song at this point unless they do something like so wildly different and decide to change everything if they're gonna stay somewhat within these parameters that they've set for themselves they're too talented and too good to write a bad song in my opinion so i love every song on this album there is not much screaming at all so um especially going from being a metal band to more of just a rock band they did it so well and for some bands that started out screaming and and don't anymore, I'm like, man, I miss that. For him, I'm like, he doesn't have to scream any words and all of the whole album. It's just, it's so good. So, yep. Sorry, I talked way too long, but no. um, I know I'm way bigger in a day seeker than Nate. But have have you listened to the album much? Any thoughts uh, from your end? If not, that's I listen. I listened to the first two singles yeah. and I liked the first. Yeah. Uh, and obviously there's like a lot of like, you almost can't say you don't like the first and I'm not sure. s- because of like the story behind it. Sure. But like, I genuinely like the first, I'm not just saying it. Um, but I think for me, it's just like again, it's just like not my style yeah. overall. Yeah, that's fair. And so I think I'm just like less interested where yeah. it being your style, I think you can sink your teeth deeper into yes. Uh, yes. these songs and stuff. Yep. yep. But I think actually what I did find interesting as I'm listening and as I'm like observing all your lists and everything is that uh Dayseeker really is so not a it's not like a combination of Indian metal, but it really is more this like convergence of your softer and heavier sounds. It's, yes. it's that like combination for yes. you. Yes. And so it really makes a lot of sense that cause they're such a good band. Yes. Obviously, but 
not they're not just a good band but stylistically it makes sense how it's like a sweet spot for you yep yep well hey really solid list nate i loved every one of your choices there was what one maybe i didn't know um and we'll have to listen to but um we had one two three four of our top ten were the same albums but three of those four showed up pretty different spots for us or at least different spots and hey we had our first tie that's amazing uh, yeah so and Hen- this henry, fun. henry jameson and daywave were basically the same yes yeah toledo really and valley toledo heart were both like yeah similar parts seven, or, apart what yeah like five apart each yeah i think so um yeah that was uh that was cool. But yeah, forty percent of our list is basically the same. Yeah, and Which is we good. didn't share any of our um, honorable mentions, though. No, right? no, we. And didn't. so, of the sixteen records we mentioned, only four was overlapping, which is twenty. A simple math, twenty five percent. So it is funny that this, and it's. I think it's really good yeah. that for you uh, listeners you're getting uh not just the same music taste here we're 75 yes. percent different and yeah. really trying to share a lot of different albums and yes. different styles and stuff yep my main takeaway before we close here is that i mentioned pine grove and you didn't so you know i know isn't that crazy it you know what's funny crazy i really have grown to like uh marigold I didn't funny. like Marigold no, that didn't. much. Um, and this album made me go back to Marigold. And I like Marigold a lot more than I like this album actually now, which wow. is not how I felt when it came out. No. Um, so, yeah, it's helped me like Pine Grove more. It's just not because of yeah. uh, this album. Yeah. But, yeah, and then we, yeah. I didn't have S. Carey, which I think was a surprise Yep. to you as well i don't know if it was a surprise i knew i was higher on that album and it's not like it was like way up my list um yeah i think we both view his hundred acres as one of the best albums of the last decade and this yeah. one is really good but not to that no hundred acres obviously. is an all-timer yeah yeah it is it is um, all right but yeah i think uh as we Sorry. close uh just a few things i just wanted to say is uh please let us know what your favorite albums of the year are andrew will mention our socials and stuff but feel free to just crap over our list disagree with us say our music taste is awful we'll gladly accept your criticism but what's cool about these lists is that they're never over like They're always changing, always being molded. So you have the opportunity to shape our list. And hopefully we've given you stuff to, for you to think about or listen to that could yeah. potentially shape your list. But we'd love to hear and discover yeah. stuff. We've shared a lot of stuff. So if you mention something that we don't have here, we probably either haven't listened to it or yeah. haven't given it enough of a shot yeah. to really um, consider it. Yeah. And so we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yes, you can share your list with us, whether it's emailing us at listening at gmail.com or finding us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at LDLPod. And, uh, yeah, reach out, talk to us. Um, 
genuinely the back and forth between not just us, but between uh, you listeners, people commenting uh, their own lists on socials uh, or email are some of the most fun dialogue we have with people all year, like um, between this podcast. So, um, so definitely post those. If you haven't done your top 10 yet, this is your reminder. Do it. Post it. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it. We'll let you know that yours is way better than ours and uh, and that you deserve to be running a podcast, not us. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been a great year. We really, really are appreciative of all your support. Um, if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to the podcast. I'm sure we got some really fun stuff uh, planned for 2023. And yeah, we just... From LDL to you guys, we hope you have a great rest of your year. And uh, let's start 2023 off with a bang. Sound good? Sure. Good. (laughs) I wasn't sure if you were going to answer or not. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for listening and have a great day. Save the queen. Wait. Wait, what? What? The queen? The queen's? The queen's dead? Well, I'm shocked. How could she die so young? She was only 136 years old. This is incredible, shocking, terrible news. Well, thank goodness we have our saviour coming to take her place. I don't know royalty enough to know who that is, but they're going to do a damn good job. Just a fine damn good job.